that's classic. We bring you great laughs and a unique behind-the-scenes look at classic television shows and movies. I'm John Cato. I'm an actor, voiceover artist, and also bring you an amazing insight as a moderator with over 20 years experience in the television industry. Hey, Rich. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. Not bad. Pretty nice in Vegas today. No wind. That's a big deal. That is. That's a great deal. Well, I am thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just really, really excited. I, I, I have been a big fan for many years. And uh, growing up, I mean, I, I swear you were on every show uh, on TV. So um, anyway, thanks so much for being on the show. I just, I, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're uh, welcome. You're yeah. welcome. Total pleasure. Um, so basically, you know, I, I'd love to start like early on in your career, kind of going, going forward. Um, I, I'm curious, I've read different things. I read that you started out, uh, you were doing like impressions in school, and then you worked at a movie theater and you'd stay at the back of the theater doing voices. Is any of that true? That's true. I was a lousy usher because uh, people were trying to find their seats in the dark and I was too busy looking at the movie. Oh my gosh. And, um, uh, they got upset about it and complained and uh, I tried to behave myself. But, um, you know, I was always fascinated with movies and um, even today I watch a movie almost every day. I've got a collection of over a thousand. Wow. So I'm a huge movie buff. I watch how, movies. I watch movies in the buff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> how did you? How did you know? Like, you know, how does it just happen that you say, you know what? I'm good at impressions. What? Like, where? Where does that come from? Well, I started imitating teachers at school. They were oh. my first subjects, and I knew I was going to get into show business because it wasn't long before the teachers were charging a two drink minimum and a cover charge. <laughs> I love that. Now, I understand your break in the U.S. Uh, was with um, that you had known Mel Torme, and at the time he was musical director on the Judy Garland show. Is is that how it got going? Yeah, yeah. Mel was uh, on the Judy Garland show um, as a musical consultant, and um, he ended up uh, holding cue cards for, for Judy, which he hated. Wow. But uh, he did it anyway. But um, uh, because of his connection with Judy Garland and two Canadian writers that were on the show, and they started my career in Canada with the three of them, that's how I got on the Judy Garland show. Did she have to, you know, kind of give final approval? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's very interesting because when Mel pitched her about me coming on the show, and you'll forgive me for saying this, but this is exactly what she said. She said, no, I don't like impersonators. They make me fart. <laughs> That's what Judy Garland said. That little girl from Kansas said that. Do you believe that? <laughs> so anyway, um, Mel thought, well, I guess I'm not going to get him on the show if she feels like that. But when she heard my impression of, of James, James Mason, when I did my impression of James Mason from A Star Is Born, that's what got me on the Garland Show. No kidding. Yeah, right. Because of course that's her her movie. Oh my God. Yeah, and she got along great with James Mason, um, and uh, and so she loved my impression of him. 
And when I did my routine on the show, I finished off by doing James Mason. And that was a smart decision because she just came unglued with that. Oh my gosh. What, what was, by the way, what was she like? I mean, we've heard a million stories. I've seen the movie, I've read books. What was she actually like for you at that time? Well, she was great. She didn't come to rehearsal much. Um, you know, she, that's why um, if you look at my routine on that show, um, her reaction is quite genuine because she'd never seen me do my routine before because she didn't come to rehearsal. So her reaction is quite genuine and she's reacting to my impressions. And if you watch it, you're looking at her, you're not even looking at me because her reaction was incredible, you know? Wow. She just, she, just um, she, was, she was very nice. I can remember one day when she did come to rehearsal, she was kind of bored and she turned to me and she just said, Rich, let's get out of here and go to the movies. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't, but that was nice of her to say that. Oh, that is great, especially the fact that you're going across the street and going to a movie with uh, Judy Garland. That, that would have been interesting. Huh? Oh my gosh, I, I mean, I can't even believe it. You know, you you're you are such a unique uh, celebrity in the sense that you have, like, literally, yes, you've done the impressions of all these people, but you've also worked with all these people. Did you have you met most of the people that you have impersonated? Oh yeah, 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 most of them. Um, I don't go far as far back as Humphrey Bogart. I never met him. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people, I'd say 80% of the people I impersonate, I've met and worked with. Wow, that is incredible. What about, well, now, and they're all gone. They're all gone now, you know. It's a, I know. And by the way, you look, seriously, you look terrific. And I got to say, one of the things that I was so impressed with with you is you're still at the top of your game. You're still at I read that you have the longest running contract or engagement at the Tropicana. Is that true? Um, well, I've been there six years now. I wow. originally was only going to do a couple of weeks. And then it kept, you know, kept going and going and going. And I enjoyed it so much. And now here we are six years later and I'm, I'm still there. I do uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday at 630 at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana. Wow. I do. It's a, great, it's a great gig for me because I'm only 25 minutes from home and um, I only do about an hour and 10 minutes. So it's, it's, a, it's a great gig for me. Do you think that, you know, and I mean this in the best way, do you, do you think that Vegas has kind of like, in essence, kind of kept you going? I mean, you, you, you look terrific and you're still, like I said, you're still going strong. Do you feel like that has, you know, that kind of energizes you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To have something to do, you know. As George Burns said years ago, he said, Rich, you know, you've got to have a reason in the morning to get out of bed, you know, and that, or maybe get into bed. <laughs> <laughs> and a good sense of humor, too. Come on. Yeah. Um, so what now this is the other one. I, I've always you whenever I think of you, I think of Jimmy Stewart. I, I think of your impression. What was, I feel like you had more than just this, I'm doing an impression of someone. It feels like you had a, a close relationship here. Yes, I did. I really did. I had a very close relationship with Jimmy Stewart. He was a lovely man. He was very shy though. You know, okay. if we, we did a function together, a charity or some event together, he would usually sit in the corner and his wife, Gloria, would work the room. She was, she was a dynamo, you know. Wow. And Jimmy would sit in the corner and I'd go over and sit next to him and uh, try and get him to talk, but he was, he was very shy, you know, but 
but a sweet man, very nice man though. And he loved my impression of him. Oh my gosh. He said, Rich, I, I, it's too bad I, I didn't know you back in the 40s and you could have helped to dub some of my movies. And then I could have made a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time we did a, a function together and, and his routine, it was funny. He dreamed this up himself. He said, I'm, I'm very fond of Rich Little. As a matter of fact, I, I, was, I was thinking of adopting him. <laughs> uh, but Gloria said, no, 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 Jim, no, no. Two people around the house going, would just be one too many. And I think he dreamed that up himself. It was very funny. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. I love I love hearing that. Now, another one on that that I was blown away by, I heard that you actually did the messages for the crosswalks in his hometown. Is That's that right. true? That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, um, I guess when you press the little button at the street corner to cross the street, you would hear me as Jimmy Stewart say something like, uh, no, uh, no, watch out for traffic and uh, uh, Harvey may be driving by, so watch out for him because you're not going to see him. You know, but uh, have a good day and uh, and just watch watch yourself when you're crossing the street. Oh my gosh, seriously, that is awesome. That makes me want to just go there anyway. It's a, I, I, I wish I could remember the name of the town, but it was in Indiana, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. The other one, too, is um, you know, growing up, especially, I remember you, you know, certainly, uh, on the you know the tonight show but i remember you on the dean martin roasts with yeah. all those different celebrities i felt like you were on a, a lot of them like you know i mean it wasn't just like one or two it was you were on quite a few i, I did about 23 of them yeah uh, i did i think i did more um dean martin roasts than any other performer i think nipsey russell was the uh did did a little less than i did and then don rickles but i did i did the most on that show Wow. Did were there any in particular any of the celebrities that were kind of like your favorite ones? Oh yeah, yeah. If 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 you've got them, there's there's like forty some um, shows of the Dean Martin roast, and my favorites are the Jimmy Stewart, the Johnny Carson, and the Frank Sinatra. I think those are the three best for me anyway. Did you? Um, it, it's another thing. I mean, I read a bunch on you, but. Uh, that the Frank Sinatra impression was one of the hardest ones. It took you a long time to nail that one. Like I, I read seven years. Is that just a bunch of baloney or is that, is that true? No, 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 that's true. You know, at one time um, I did a benefit with Frank Sinatra. I forget where it was. And um, I was at rehearsal with the orchestra and I was doing my Frank Sinatra impression. I didn't know that Frank was in the wings watching me. <laughs> If I'd known that, I would have seized up, you know, but I didn't know that. And I started to do my impression of Frank Sinatra and Frank walked right on and tapped me on the shoulder and said, Rich, you better work on that. You know, he said, um, I think you could do that a lot better. Why don't you go hit somebody? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that is a great Frank moment. Wow. Wow. Yeah. What, what about what about Dean Martin? I mean, yes, there were his roasts, but what was he like? I mean, you hear so many mixed stories. Great guy, but then they, they talk about his drinking and they say he doesn't. Yeah. What, what, what was the truth? Well, he didn't drink as much as people think he did. Mm -hmm. 
He spilled most of it, actually. Wow. <laughs> wow. He did drink, but I don't think he drank as much as Frank and Sammy. I, I think he drank less than those two, you know, but he did drink. He did drink. One time when I finished a roast and we were all walking off the day, it's just for fun. I, I picked up um, Dean's uh, cup that was in front of him and took a, took a sniff of it. And uh, there was booze in there. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's kind of yeah. cool. That's kind of yeah. cool to know yeah. that. Was it, what, did you ever, uh, well, you probably do the impression of Sammy, but uh, did you get a, did you get a chance to meet Sammy? Oh yeah. Sammy was great. You know, he, he was Mr. Enter Entertainer. I mean, he, oh. he was always full of energy and he was always very upbeat and uh, fun to be with, you know, and did a lot of great impressions too, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, he could do it all. He could dance, sing, act, whatever it took. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Speaking of which, by the way, you you actually appeared on a you know quite a few shows, but one in particular that I I had taken notice of was the Flying Nun with Sally Field, right? And you did not do the impressions. You were this was a straight character actor role. Yeah. yeah. How did you you know what is that like for you you know to to play like a, a character, but you're not doing an impression. You're just well, I did I did two or three of Flying Nuns with uh, Sally Fields, and I played an accident prone priest. Wow. Brother Paul, oh, wow. was sort of a Clouseau of the of the clergy. Oh, that's cool. And um, I thought there was going to be a spinoff, and I might get my own series out of it, but it didn't happen. But I did two or three episodes. Did you enjoy, you know, having the experience of, hey, I'm just acting. I'm not here to try. And oh yeah, well, I, I I did a lot of acting just where I played uh, a character other than do impressions. I did uh, uh, Hawaii Five O with Jack Lord. And I played a murderer. I played it as James Cagney, but I played a murderer on the show. And I did a police story with Angie Dickinson where I played a murderer too. It's interesting when you have kind of a squeaky clean image that I did back then mm -hmm. to play a murderer is, is very um, effective because they don't, they don't expect you to be the murderer, you know? Right, right, yeah. It, also, it's a, it's, a, it's a great move on the, on the director and the producers. And I, say, I, play, I played a, a murder rapist on, uh, on um, Police Woman. Wow. And I remember phoning my mother up the day after it aired, and she said, I never watched it. My son is not a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. What, you know, you were, you were on so many shows. You were, uh, uh, I know, Ed Sullivan, Jackie yeah. Gleason. What, yeah. You know, these are other people that you hear about. What was your experience like working on the Ed Sullivan show? Well, Ed was kind of a strange man. You know, he, um, he had no uh, talent, no personality, and no charisma. Wow. Um, how he became a big celebrity, I'll never know. He, he couldn't <laughs> even read a cue card, really. He wow. was kind of an early Biden when you think of it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> 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 oh my god oh my god uh, but, but, and ed ed was just you never know he um i remember one time he came to me and he said your routine tonight is running a little over uh, you've got to cut down i said ed i'm only doing three minutes how can i cut down he said well let me think why don't you take the impressions out of it <laughs> oh jeez. Is that true? That's true, yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that says it all. And what about Jackie Gleason? I mean, oh, I love Jackie Gleason. He was yeah. great. He was great. Jackie was uh, wonderful and um, got along great with him. And uh, yeah, larger than life, and uh, you know, but uh, very, very nice to me. And uh, I didn't have any problems with him at all. Wow. He was great. I just uh, just loved him. Did he kind of get when he was in the room? Did he take over, or did he kind of give you your 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 moments? Oh no, no, he gave you uh, your moment. Uh, you know, he he was a big drinker though. But in, back yeah. in those days, they all were really. You know, Jackie, right. uh, um, boy, he could put it away. I did a, a show in Vegas with him. I can't remember what it was for, but um, I was on it with Jackie, and we did some sketches together and. Uh, he was stoned out of his mind for the whole show, and he was word perfect. Wow. Wow, that is crazy. Oh, my gosh. So I got I to gotta ask you, I mean, I'm sure you had to talk about this a million times, but, you know, do we, do we know at this point what the whole Johnny Carson thing was? Because, I mean, I remember you on the show. I remember you not only on the show, but hosting the show. And then no. suddenly, as you said, it's over. What what did did you ever find anything out on that? Never found out why. Hmm. I went down there a number of times and tried to find out, but I never got an answer. And then I found out later there were a lot of people that were no books on the on the Tonight Show, like Mel Torme was a no book, and there were a lot of them. And you you, you couldn't find out why because they wouldn't wouldn't tell you. But maybe you said something or. Maybe uh, the producer didn't like you for some, some reason or other, but I never really got an answer. But uh, I got along well with Johnny, though, because even though I was a no book on the show, I met him uh, about a year before he passed away at a restaurant, and he was very, very nice to me. He said wow. to me, Rich, are, are, you, are you still uh, do, doing an impression of me? I said, yes, John, I am. Re really? You are? I said, yeah. Do, do they know who I am? Do they remember me? I said, of course they remember you. Everybody remembers you, John. I'll be damned. I thought that once I was off the air, I, people wouldn't know who I was. Wow. Wow. I, you know, you, you read about him and I've seen like some of the documentaries on him and, and it said like he got very reclusive once he left the show. And, and that, that's crazy to hear that. I mean, my gosh, he was, you talk about bigger than life. He was. Well, Johnny was great um, on the air, but off the air, he was uh, uh, very to himself and uh, didn't socialize and you could hardly get a word out of him. Wow. Uh, if he went to a party where he was there, he was sat in the corner and talked to nobody. He was a very lonely man. He really was. Uh, wow. For a guy that was that popular and that funny and that quick, you know, to think that he had no friends and um, was kind of a sad character, uh, you know, it's kind of depressing to think of that, but it's true. It is. It is. That I, that one still boggles my mind to this day. The other one you're obviously you're very famous for is John Wayne. And then I read, which I'm like, come on, did is that true that when you got your citizenship, the judge says to you, hey, can you do it in John Wayne's voice? Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was a big John Wayne fan. <laughs> so he, when he swore me in, when I became an American citizen, he wanted me to, to do John Wayne. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I thought later, I thought, wait a minute, 
did I become an American citizen or did John Wayne, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, oh God, what was the other? Oh, the other one I was curious about that that always comes up, everything I re read about, I've read about you, Paul Lynn's name comes up all the time. And I personally always loved him. I thought he was one of the funniest guys in any show I'd see him in. What was that connection? Did you did you know Paul? Uh, no, nobody knew Paul. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Paul, was, Paul yeah. was a sad person, I'll tell you, very sad. Wow. He was an alcoholic, you know. Oh, I and, did not know that. And sometimes we do Hollywood Squares, and after the dinner break, he was stoned out of his mind, and they used to have to strap him into the, into the chair, into the square. Oh, my gosh. To keep him oh from falling gosh. out. And even though he was really out of it, he was still funny. Wow. But he hated my impression. I mean, he hated it when I imitated him. Oh, my gosh, you were dead on. Every time I would do him on the show, they would cut to a shot of him for his reaction, and he'd go, how's he doing? Who's that? Oh, that's disgusting. Get a day job. You know. Yeah. Oh my God. He hated it. Absolutely hated it. When he, who's he doing? Is that <laughs> supposed to be me? Oh God, get a day job. You know. <laughs> like I said, you were dead, dead on. Um, the, by the way, you, um, I understand that the present, like uh, Hollywood Museum squares, you're like center square in a, in a couple of them. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One episode, I think I was the center square. I did, I went back in the days when Paul was on the show, when he was not there, I was in the center square a couple of times too. Okay, okay. And wow. if you're in the center square, you're asked a lot, you know. If you're yeah. in the corner square, especially the one I was in, the top corner square, they didn't ask you many. Sometimes you do a show and they never ask you anything. Oh, wow, that's wild. That is wild. Now, another one, and this is going back to, I love these stories and it's so fun to be able to hear your validation of these things. I, now, is this true? You did an Elvis impersonation on the radio, like umpteen years ago, and like a swarm of hundreds of women showed up at the station? Right, right. That was uh, on a radio station, CFRB in Toronto. And it was wow. April Fool's Day, April Fool's Day. And they had me on imitating all these famous people, including Elvis, as kind of a joke. Because it was me, it was not the real people. And uh, when I finished doing the show, I was walking out of the studio, uh, out to my car. There was a big crowd of people oh. waiting to see Elvis. And I, I walked out and I said, no, Elvis isn't, isn't here, it's me. And then they all booed. <laughs> but they actually drove down to the station. Yeah. yeah, some people came from long distances to see <laughs> Elvis. And when I walked out, there was no Elvis. They were really angry. I thought they were going to storm the place, you know. <laughs> but what, talk about the ultimate compliment on an impression. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Um, so the um, the other one, obviously, is you, you're so well known for all the presidents and everything like that. Just to go through a few, what I heard, I, this one blew me away. I, another one, I think of you, I think of an impression of Richard Nixon, like dead on. But then I hear that when you did it in front of him, he didn't actually pick up it was him. Is that true? That's very true. Yeah. This was early in my career. I was asked to a, to a party down in San Clemente. 
and all of Hollywood was there. And in those days, all of Hollywood were Republicans. They weren't Democrats back then. Wow. And there would, uh, my, uh, my whole act was there. I never met my act before. Wow. wow. <laughs> and um, and uh, I remember we were outside uh, by Richard Nixon's swimming pool and everybody was talking and having a drink. And Debbie Reynolds grabbed me by the arm, pulled me around the swimming pool and threw me at the back of Richard Nixon, yelling out, Mr. President, Rich is going to do you. <laughs> the moment he thought, does that mean he's going to kill me? And he turned around and he looked at me like I was from another planet and I didn't know what to do. And everybody gathered around and I did my impression of Nixon in front of him. Wow. And as I'm doing it, he turned to his wife, Pat, and said, why is this young man speaking in this strange voice? <laughs> and uh, he didn't know I was doing him. That is, that is crazy. Literally crazy. But, I thought I did a pretty good Nixon in front of him because when I left, his wife Pat went with me. It's a great line though. Okay, and then obviously the other one is you had a very special relationship with Ronald Reagan, um, yeah. I understand too. Yes. Was that before his presidency or was was that after he became president? That you no, became it was president? after he became president. Oh, I didn't I know before. I got uh, he was a wonderful man with a great sense of humor. He just loved to tell jokes all the time. Wow. And, um, uh, and he did a few impressions, too. Ronald Reagan? He did, he did Jimmy Stewart. Not great, but passable. And he yeah. did John Wayne. And one time he did Truman Capote for me. Wow. Wow. Ronald Reagan doing Ronald Truman Reagan Capote. did Truman Capote. And it wasn't bad, either. But he said to me, he said, Rich, what, what do you think of my, my Truman Capote? I said, Mr. President, I think it's very good. He said, yes, but I, I don't know what to say. And I said, well, I'll give you a line I use and you can use it. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't want to do that. No, 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 really. He said, okay, what, what is it? And he got a Secret Service man over and he wrote the joke down on his back. And he said, what is it? And I said, well, my name is Truman Capote, and you know, a lot of people think <laughs> that I wrote in cold blood, but that's not true. Actually, I wrote in ink. <laughs> and he wrote that down. He wrote that down on the back of a Secret Service man, that joke. I write in ink. Oh, and, and then he said to me, I'm going to try that out on Gorbachev. <laughs> So then I thought, I thought to myself, boy, would I ever love to be there when Ronald Reagan does impression of, of Truman Capote for Gorbachev. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the reaction? Oh my God, that would have that been classic. I mean, <laughs> if you'd have been in the room, anybody, how you could keep a straight face, there'd be no way. Oh God. Oh, I'd love to have seen that. Oh, that's so funny. Um, and you, you actually, did you stayed at the White House, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had um, a, a couple of luncheons up in their private quarters and uh, got along well with Nancy. And um, as I said, Reagan was great because he liked humor mm -hmm. and you, you never felt you were talking to a president. You felt you were talking to a lovable old grandfather. You know, he was just such a pleasant guy. 
and had such a great sense of humor and that little sparkle in his eye. And of course, well, well, I think I've gone to the well once too often. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. The the other things that I, I don't think a lot of people might realize is how, yes, you do impressions, but you've done impressions where you've re- actually helped out other actors like I, David Niven in Curse mm-hmm. of the Pink Panther. Yeah. I read that you basically did the voices that at that point he he her- could hardly speak. Is that is that true? Right. Well, he had Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, oh. and he couldn't speak. And wow. he made a couple of Pink Panther movies where you couldn't make out what he was saying. But Blake Edwards, who uh, directed uh, those movies, mm-hmm. thought they could get him in a studio later and uh, and take a lot of time and 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 make it audible, but by that time he was worse. Wow! So I came in and and did his voice, and I also did Peter Sellers uh, for a oh. couple of lines they didn't have because he had passed away. Oh my gosh! Did you uh, did you have the opportunity to meet either one of them? No, no. Okay. I told Blake Edwards. I said I like David Niven. I admire him so much. And he was living in Spain. I said, tell him that if he wants me to come over to Spain, I will walk behind him when he goes to the store and order order for him. <laughs> but I don't know whether he ever did that or not. Oh, that's funny. And well, actually, you know, I hadn't even thought of this, but when you mentioned Blake Edwards, of course, I think of Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, you you were also on on the Julie Andrews show, right? Yeah, that that was um, the. That was the most enjoyable thing I ever did was the Julie Andrews show because they used me so much. Wow. And the two writers who got me on Judy Garland uh, were, were on uh, with the Julie Andrews and they, they knew my routines cold. And so they wrote a lot of material for me. Wow, fantastic. We had a lot of the sketches with Julie and she was wonderful. And yeah, I she did, is I kind did, and sweet. I did she... um, almost every show, but about two. Wow. Wow. Yeah, she was only on for one season. Wow. Was, was she uh, as, as sweet as? Yes, she was great. Thinks? Wonderful, wonderful lady. Wow, that's amazing. All, always upbeat and full of enthusiasm and always complimentary and uh, just just a darling person, really. Got oh, what a voice. Much. I mean, and yeah. A, and then she lost that voice, you know. I know. Later on in life, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Now you um you have a book that that you've put out, which by the way I love the title. Oh, nice timing, Rich. I love it. <laughs> you know what's interesting is this is the first time I've seen this copy because this book came out about five or six years ago, and mm-hmm. the uh, the publishers did not promote it at all. It didn't do well at all. Nobody knew it existed. Yeah. So here it is, five years later, with a new cover couple of new chapters and i'm re-releasing this book oh fantastic and and now it's it's rich is this little by little is that what the title is yeah that's fantastic now i have known and been yeah now i'm looking at that and i mean there's so many that everybody thinks of i'm getting the book by the way and i'll be honest with you i didn't and i read them all and i didn't know about it so you are right they didn't publicize that worth a darn because no they didn't no and the interesting thing is it's not a biography at all. There's there's a few chapters at the beginning about my childhood that are kind of funny, but it's mostly about the people I knew and um, worked with, you know? So it isn't really the story of my career. It's just 
what I thought of all the people that I worked with, you know. I mean, here's an example right there, Howard Cosell. Oh, Howard Cosell. And then being a, a sketch artist, I sketched all the people that I impersonated and before the chapter, you see. You did that? Yeah. That is exceptional, Rich. Well, thank you. I, 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 I draw a lot and I do a lot of sketches and uh, I've done a couple of hundred over the years. You know, here's my Jimmy Stewart, you know. I mean, they're dead on. You don't even look at those and go, oh, wow, nice try. I mean, that looks fantastic. Well, thanks. I, I actually was sketching before I did impressions. Wow. I was sketching when I was about 12 or 13 when I started. I'd sit on the uh, streetcar and sketch people on the streetcar. And then before they got off, I would give them their picture. Oh, wow. wow. But I never thought it would go anywhere because when I gave them the picture before they got off the streetcar, they usually ripped it up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> kind people, very kind. Well, listen, I definitely want, want to get that book. Um, I have a, I, a couple other ones. I heard that Jack Benny, who obviously his, you know, I'm not saying that he was cheap, by the way, but his, his whole okay. shtick was that he was so cheap, you know, on, on all of that. That was part of his thing. But I heard that he gave you like an 18 karat gold watch after he saw your impression. Is that true? He gave me a watch, but it wasn't that valuable. I think he had a number of them that he gave people. But he, you know? but he, it was, was it inscribed or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I don't even know where it is now. Isn't that awful? I, oh, I don't wow. know where, what happened to it, but he did give it to me, yeah. Did he you? was another very sweet man, Jack Benny. There really? was nobody in show business as nice as Jack Benny. Wow. He was so down to earth and no, very, very little ego and, um, easy to talk to and, and loved humor, you know? Wow. And his favorite impression that I did was Spiro Agnew. Really? He loved my Spiro Agnew. Oh my God. Okay, come on, you gotta do it. Now I gotta see it for Spiro. Spiro Agnew, you remember Spiro Agnew? Oh, of course I do, of course I do with that, uh, Richard Nixon's VP, yeah. Uh, well, Spiro Agnew had kind of a voice like this. Let me give you an example of my attitude towards politicians. <laughs> they stink. <laughs> it's so funny, but I know that it's dead on. It kind of a voice that went up and down like this, Spiro Agnew. Yeah. That's and funny. Jack it's, loved my Spiro Agnew. I guess they were great friends, you know. And Frank Sinatra was a great friend of Spiro Agnew's too. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Wow. Interesting. Was it, you know, well, I remember one, I remember one time Frank yeah. did a benefit for Spiro Agnew. I can still remember this. And he took them the, the song Lady is a Tramp. And he he sang it in front of Spiro Agnew. And instead of saying tramp, he said champ. Right? That's why this gentleman is a champ, right? Wow. And when he hit the last phrase of the song, he forgot and went, that's why this gentleman <laughs> is a tramp. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny. Was Frank, is that true? Like, I mean, obviously it sounds like he joked with you, but was he one of those guys like, hey, either you were either on his good side or you were on his bad side? That's exactly right. Yeah, it depend on the mood he was in. He was a man of many, many moods. When he was in a good mood, he was the greatest. Wow. But when he was in a bad mood, keep away from him, you know? I yeah. never saw the bad side of Frank Sinatra, ever. But it did exist. 
I mean, um, there's no question about that. We know there are a few bodies out there that are unaccountable. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. The, the other one that is in that kind of the roasting, and actually, I think they might have done a roast on him, was Don Rickles. Yeah. Um, Don what, did you guys cross paths a lot? Because I know he was big with Vegas as well. Well, I, I, I met Don a lot on the, on the uh, uh, Dean Martin roast. Mm -hmm. you know don did a number of them and um and we'd see each other on the roast matter of fact the best part of doing those uh, dean martin roast was before we did the show we were in the green room and that was the best of the best of doing the show was in the wow. green room because everybody socialized and you you got to chat with orson wells and jimmy stewart and oh, jack penny and all those wonderful people and then dean would stick his head in the door and say hiya pally let's have some fun. Okay. And um, we'd go out and do the show. I remember one time, this is typical Dean. We were leaving the green room to go out. This is in Vegas to uh -huh. go out and do the show. And we were walking to the dais. And as we walked, Dean turned to me and said, Rich, who, who are we honoring tonight? And I said, what? <laughs> who, 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 who's the guest of honor? I said, you don't know? No, no, nobody told me. I said, it's Michael Landon. Oh, that's a good choice. I like him. Yeah, we're going to have some fun. So I thought to myself, here we are about to start a roast, and he doesn't know who we're honoring. Oh, my gosh. Nobody told him. That is amazing. I mean, seriously, that is incredible. Yeah. yeah. What you mentioned Orson Welles. I mean, I can't let that one die. What, you know, there, there's a man of many different you know, images that people have of him. What was your take on him? Well, I did a movie with Orson Welles uh, that I never was in. I, I went to uh, Phoenix and, and we shot this movie, The Other Side of the Wind. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. That's the Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. Uh, he and brought I, it back I, or whatever. Yeah. I told Orson that I only had three weeks to do it because I had commitments. I had some club dates to do. Mm -hmm. And so the three weeks were up and we weren't only halfway through the movie and I had to leave. Wow. And I had no choice. I would have been sued. Wow. And um, so I did. I left. I had to. And then Peter Bogdanovich came in and took over my part. And they started shooting from the beginning again. Absolutely. So never in the movie. What was it like uh, working with Orson? Oh, it was great because uh, uh, John Houston, the famous director, was oh. in, in the movie, too. Wow. And the fun part was going to lunch with them. Um, with oh. uh, Orson Welles and John Houston and yours truly sitting at the table while they ran all, all, of, all of Hollywood down and all the people they liked and didn't like. Oh my God, what did you hear? Come on. Well, I heard some hear? great stories, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> did you hear anything? I remember one time they said, uh, Orson said, you know, John, I've never liked James Mason. And, and John Houston said, I, I, I don't care for him myself, actually. I don't think he's that good an actor. And then Orson said, well, he wasn't bad in a couple of movies, but they would they would discuss people and either run wow. them down or praise them. And I remember they talked about uh, Errol Flynn a lot. Oh, one of my favorites. And apparently um, John Houston and Errol Flynn at a party got drunk and they had a big fist fight out in front of somebody's lawn. Oh my gosh, it's I a, could see it. True story. Yeah. And, and uh, Orson said, and you beat the tar out of them, right? Uh, not exactly. It, 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 it was a draw. 
<laughs> yeah, and John Houston wasn't a, a small guy either. So yeah, yeah, that's that would have been quite a fight. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I love oh, to have seen that. Oh, wow. me too. I would have loved that moment. So you, um, they. Oh, another one. I'm sorry, but just so many. You've had so many. I could sit there for days. But Kirk Douglas. What was your? Uh, did, was it a roast that you did with Kirk yeah, Douglas? Yeah, it, it was a Dean Martin roast. Wow. And I did Kurt Douglas on it and got a big reaction from him. And that, that's the only time I ever met him. Was oh, that's nice to hear he had, a, he had a good reaction, though, to your impression. Oh, yeah, yeah, he loved it. He loved it. You know, most people like it because they, they're flattered that, uh, that I do them, you know, unless I say something to put them down, which I usually didn't. But uh, most people like my impression of them, except Paul Lynn. He hated it. But yeah. most, and um, I remember... Tony Randall hated my impression too. Really? Remember Tony Randall? Oh, come on, odd couple. Of course, he said, Rich, you've obviously um, have not captured me at all. Um, you just—it's um, impossible for you to imitate me because I have perfect pitch. <laughs> Which is humorous in itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means, but anyway. Right. Right. Oh, wow. So. Another thing, obviously, you're so well known for all these, uh, what I would say, the greatest of, of, of actors and, and celebrities. Is it true that, um, well, is this a true statement? I heard that when when you look at the present day actors, a lot of them have just kind of just a, not as distinctive a voice as a lot of the greats did. And so it's not as as easy to like impersonate them. Is that true? Like a Brad well, Pitt, or let's say, you know, somebody in that in Bruce that Clooney or Mark sure. Raymond. Yeah. Hard to do those people. Yeah. 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 Nothing distinctive about their voices. Yeah. Really? Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. And did some you people, some people you can you can imitate in a second, you know, like Dr. Phil or uh, or um uh, you know, somebody uh, that's very distinctive, you know, like Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes. I used to love to do him, you know. Oh, come on. He had the most unique Andy voice. Rooney of 60 Minutes. <laughs> Why do they call it an asteroid when it's outside the Earth's hemisphere and a hemorrhoid when it's in your ass? I don't get that at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, sorry. That is just too, too funny. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> sorry you got me good on that one um the uh, the other thing is laughing which Rowan and Martin's laughing uh when I was a kid I mean I, I'm sorry that was the Saturday Night Live I mean that was that was just so funny what how did you like working with that cast I mean you had them all on that on that show I mean that was yeah. a great show to do yeah yeah and um a lot of big Hollywood people did that show hmm. you know I remember the first time I met John Wayne, he was on Laugh-In playing a rabbit. Dressed <laughs> up as a bunny. You know? And I'll never forget that because I showed up on the set to hopefully to meet him. I'd never met him before. And there he was in his bunny outfit. It was kind of funny. <laughs> John Wayne in a bunny outfit. And somebody said, Rich, do your impression of John Wayne. And I went, oh my God, I can't do that. And they all gathered around and I did my John Wayne in front of him, and I did the walk. Oh, geez. And when I finished the walk and walked up right up to him, he looked at me and he said, 
Well, I guess that's the way I walk, for God's sake. Good Lord, I've been walking like Loretta Young for 30 years. <laughs> so he had a good sense of humor, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Was it, were there any of, you know, I would think that, yes, you're doing these impressions, but also, you know, you're you were a young guy, whatever. And, and was it was it were there ever moments where you were almost speechless? Like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually here right now with this person that I, I idolized. Like, you well, know. doing, doing the, the Dean Martin roast was, was really tough because not only was it a very popular show with a big audience, but you're mm -hmm. performing in front of the greats of Hollywood. They're all, they're all at the dais, you know? And that's a lot of pressure, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, you had to really calm yourself down because, uh, because of the pressure. And I can remember there were a couple of people who did the Dean Martin roast that were so bad they weren't on the show. You'd wow. see their names at the beginning, and you they never showed. They just oh my out of the show. Was you there know? did it was there ever a moment where you did meet somebody or whatever where you literally were like, you know, floored? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, especially for the first time, you know. Yeah. I, I met a lot of people I'd never met before on on the on the on the roast, you know, like Gene Kelly and wow, and, um, oh my God, so many uh, great movie stars did that. Angie Dickinson and uh, and uh, you know, I mean, everybody did that show. My God, the green room was packed with celebrities, and um, it was that was a big thrill, you know, to be with those people of that quality. Yeah, was Gene Kelly? I uh, you brought him up. I understand you also dubbed his voice. Is that right? Yeah, I did Gene Kelly for a couple of Christmas specials, and you know, Gene had that voice that was kind of a, kind of a, well, you know, the way he talked, and uh, I, I, I did him for a couple of for Noah for a Christmas special where he lost his voice. Wow! And I dubbed him, and um, the understanding was that I wouldn't tell anybody, and I never did until now. But um, I don't know whether you can see that or not. But apparently, they said they didn't know that. Uh, that I did it. Wow. They thought it was Gene. They thought it was Gene. Did you, did you, so did you get a chance to meet him at any point? Oh, yeah. Or? I remember one time at the height of my career back in the 70s, I was working the MGM Grand and making a lot of money too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gene Kelly came up to see me and wanted me to do a show with him. Oh. That wow. I do the voices and he'd do the dance. And I was wow. flattered that he asked me. I was just overcome, but I, I didn't do it because. I, I I was making so much money, you know, yeah. at the NGM that um, to be a second banana with with Gene Kelly, I, I wouldn't make half the money. Right. And um, and uh, so I had to turn him down, which was kind of sad. I wish I wish I'd done that actually. That would wow wow isn't that crazy? Did did um you know it's funny that you say that because I also saw. In one of the interviews, you were saying, "Hey, I haven't been on—I haven't been on TV in like 30 years or something like that." What, you know, you know, in all seriousness, what what did happen? Because I mean, Rich, I seriously—I'm not exaggerating. I felt like I saw you, whether it be daytime or nighttime, forever for for the longest time. You know, well, you were I remember the, the when I was on the Letterman show, and 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 really came off well on that show too. And uh, I did some of my best material on it and it went over very well. But I can remember David Letterman telling me after the show, 
he said, well, we'd like to have you back on again, but the only way you can get back on the show is to, if you have a book coming out or you're in a movie. Wow. Otherwise, we won't book you. Wow. Wow. Is that crazy? Just You would just think just the pure entertainment of having someone on. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. You know, now, when we, you reach a certain age, they don't want to book you on. You know, they want a younger audience. So they, they think you're past your time. So it's tough for me to get back on TV. That's so crazy. So crazy. I, I don't agree with them at one second. Um, the other one, I noticed that you did the uh, Emmys recently. Uh, yeah. The, te uh, the technical, I believe it's the technical. Yeah. Yeah. Up in Vegas. Yeah. 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 How did you enjoy that? I believe the two gentlemen and I, it was, I know it dealt with television. I might get their names wrong, but it'd be Paul Nipko and Maurice LeBlanc, I believe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it was a very technical show and there, there was nobody on there that I knew. Nobody. Wow. And uh, I did some comedy bits and they went over pretty well. Uh, I'm not sure everybody knew who I was, but um, uh, I, I thought I did pretty well. And um, it was a big event and it's put on every year and um, it's called the technical Emmys. It's for people that are in the technical side of show business. Oh, how, how so interesting. It, it doesn't have a great appeal to the, to a vast audience, you know, right. It's technical, but um, it was done in Vegas and uh, I was the comedy on the show and it went over pretty good. Very interesting. You know, I do this on every episode of our show. When I have someone on, I like to give them their, um, their moment a little bit. Yes, I, I would love you to show your book one more time. But also, what charities? Um, I, I this is another thing that I read that you're involved in certain charities. Which charities do you kind of like like to you know put out there for people? Well, Wounded Warriors. I've always been interested in uh, in that. Gary Sinise, who is a mm -hmm. wonderful man and does a lot for the troops. Yes. And um, up until the last year with with COVID, I was uh, selling my books and my art and my TV shows after the show and all the money went to the Wounded Warriors. So I've, I've made for them thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. But I haven't done it because of COVID for the last year, but before that I was um, making them a lot of money and, and that was good, you know, because I'm really behind the troops. Yeah. You know? I think that's, that's terrific. Well, believe me, I, I mean, I try to get to Vegas from time to time, but I will definitely come to your show next time. Next time I get that chance, that it sounds just like you still are doing just a terrific uh, program there. Well, it's fun to do it. I, you know, I, I, um, I, I appeal to an older crowd who know all these people. You know, sure. I had a 15-year-old kid uh, sitting right down in front the other night, and I thought to myself, he's not going to know anybody I'm impersonating. And yeah. I looked down and he was laughing his head off. He was almost oh. on the floor. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> so I went up to him when the show was over. I beckoned him over and I said, you seem to enjoy my show. And he said, oh, Mr. Little, you're so funny. But I was confused, though. And I said, confused? What were you confused about? He said, well, as you did your act, I was just wondering why you kept changing your voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. Did you, by the way, did you ever meet like the the older one? I mean, yes, John Wayne, certainly. Or like Jimmy Cagney or... Um, yes, you know, I or, did meet Jimmy Cagney. Did you? Yeah. Where? I'm just and, In Malibu. In Malibu at a luncheon. Wow. Uh, David Huddleston was a great friend of him. He was a character actor. Frank yeah. McHugh and um, and uh, Hugh and uh, Edmund O'Brien was there. Oh, wow. 
Wow. What, 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 uh, well, gosh, I was just going with Jimmy Cagney, but what was Edmund O'Brien like in Jimmy Cagney? What were they well, like? He was, he was very nice. I can't remember too much about it, except that Cagney came up to me and said, I understand that you do an impression of me. And I said, that's right. He said, what on earth for? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. I one time, I one time to, did Edward G. Robinson at a party at Jim Backus's house. Oh and, wow! And and um, it was full of people, and they were all talking. You couldn't hear anything. And Edward G. Robinson was pretty well deaf anyway. And I did my impression of him in front of him, where you couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and I'm sure he heard nothing, right? <laughs> and I, I did it anyway, even though nobody could hear me. Oh and then when God. I finished it, he looked up and he went. <laughs> like, perfect. And he couldn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> Did you get a chance to talk to him at all? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. No, I mean, because I think of like Little Caesar, you know, Edward G. Robinson, Little Caesar. What was he like in person? He was very nice. Very nice. You know, but as I said, he was deafer than a post. I mean, he, oh. I mean, I'm doing the impression in front of him and he's not hearing anything, but, but he thought it was great because <laughs> oh, he wanted to be nice, you know, but uh, one of the great actors of all time, ever, very short, you know, I, I yeah. remember he was looking up at me and, um, you know, he was great in Double Indemnity. That, that was his best, I think his best. Oh, role. oh great. Yeah. There's so, oh man, all these, all these actors, it's so great. Well, Rich, I, I gotta I could talk to you for hours. I don't wanna I don't wanna you know keep you and I know you have your show. You, you is it is your show on tonight? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Six thirty at okay. the uh, Laugh Factory at uh, the Tropicana. I'm there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday every week. Are you doing matinees on the Saturday no, and Sundays? No, no, no. I just do six thirty to. I do about an hour and ten minutes. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, you want to share your book one more time just so that people will see it because I'm sure I'm, I'm sure people are going to go out and want to get it. That's so cool. That's that's awesome. Um, listen, just thank you. I, I I enjoyed every minute of it, and I love talking with you. And and I think you are like a treasure. So um, you're a great audience. God, you can come to the show anytime. <laughs> you're right down front. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will definitely, if I am there, believe me, I will, I will stop by after without a doubt, because I, 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 uh, I, I, I would probably be laughing my tail off. So, um, but thank you so much. Really. Oh, you're welcome. Bottom of my heart. You're right. Being on the show. Okay. I, I wish you tons of success. You know, keep going, but you've already done it all. So, um, okay, I'll do my right. best. Okay, take care, Rich. Bye bye. Oh, that was fun. Hey, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button in the corner of the video so that you don't miss any of our future YouTube podcasts. Also, follow us on iTunes and Spotify and leave us a review.